Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Before there was imdb.com, there was Zach and Dustin. You know those guys who think they know everything about a movie without having to go on the internet to look it up? That's us, but maybe only for the years 1981 through mid-1989. No, I'd say late 1978 through early 1992. (laughs) Either way, we know movies. And even more specifically, we know soundtracks from those movies. Yeah, this is $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. This is the podcast where we pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it still holds up today. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Thanks for listening. On to the show. late one time and she I decided oh I'm just gonna walk home and I got lost and I went oh my god and she found me wandering the streets of Cupertino you always have like a really traumatic story yeah I thought I was gonna get kidnapped because this is right around the time of um, Adam Horowitz oh my god not Adam Horowitz wait are you talking about Adam Walsh uh, the the son of John Walsh America's America's Most Wanted. America's Most Wanted, John yeah. Walsh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this was, I think this was like 85, 86 when, that's a terrible story. <laughs> oh, God. But that I. That one. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. my mom was like, you Wait, wander away from me? Well, your mom like stopped, thwarted a kidnapping? Well, uh, no. Well, I was, I told you the Kmart story, didn't I? No. Oh, really? I was at a Kmart once in, back in the 80s, right? In way? Cupertino? No, in Cupertino. And, you know, when you were a kid, you could go in one aisle and your mom could be in the other. Right. And it was like, who cared? Right. And I was in the toy aisle while she was looking at clothes. And this guy approaches me and he's like, hey, do I have any stickers on the back of my shirt? And you remember dress shirts would always have like sticker tabs on them? Yeah. And I said, yeah, I, yeah, you do. And he had those on his back. And he goes, oh, can you take them off for me? And I said, oh, okay. So I took one off. Yeah. And I felt really weird at that point. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, oh, did you get it? I said, yeah. He goes, no, there's still more on there. Can you take the rest off? And I said, no, I got to go. And he goes, no, no, come here. Come here. Can you tuck my shirt in for me? Uh. And he went to go grab me. And I pulled back and I walked into the main aisle. And when I did, I saw a security guard approach me immediately because he saw me and I was like white as a yeah. ghost. And yeah. I was crying. He goes, are you okay? And I go, this guy, he tried to grab me. He's like, where? And then they went looking for him everywhere. And my mom found me. They had to call over a loudspeaker. Yeah. That was attempted kidnapping number one. Oh, my God. (laughs) Three. (laughs) Makes me feel so creepy. I know. It's so icky. Yeah. That's why why it's been my vengeance in life to make make the world a safer place for kids. And, right. And, a, and and you think back about that guy, like you're probably like, oh, you know, so he was so old or whatever. He was probably like a 25 year old guy or something. Yeah, like I think he was fair, fairly young. Right. Yeah. Right. There's another one that was like a teenager, apparently pulled me into the bushes when my mom wasn't looking at a park. I was like three, Jesus according to my mom. Christ. Yeah. And she's like, wait, where, where, where do you, where'd my son go? Yeah. Oh my God. That's horrible. The fun adventures of life in the 80s. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, welcome to two dollars late fees Christmas extravaganza. Kidnapping extravaganza. <laughs> I'm Zach uh, Schaefer, and who are you? Hey, man, what's up? <laughs> nice to meet you. It's I'm Dustin, Dustin Rubin. Dustin Rubin we, in the house. We've got a special, special holiday episode. Well, we should tell everybody why we have a special holiday. Um, right? I guess if they don't already know. Uh, if you don't look on our social media pages, we've got... Which a, you should. You should. You should, you should follow a- adequately. You should follow ambitiously. You should follow... Uh, I don't know words anymore. Religiously? Yeah. Um, cultishly? 
Yeah. I'm cool with that. Yeah, cultishly follow. Yeah, we've got media. we've got uh, you know, our Instagram page and our Facebook page and yada yada yada, all that good stuff, which you can find on our website. But um, you know, a few weeks back we did a great interview with Scott Farkas himself, Zach Ward. Zach. Zach the amazing martial arts maniac. Yeah, which we learned yeah, so he did a hour-plus interview with us that we'll be posting soon after this episode. But we thought, you know, something could, should coincide. And while we both equally love A Christmas Story and everything that goes along with that movie, we also love Christmas-themed movies. And we thought, why don't we do an episode not specifically about A Christmas Story and a song, but why don't we do an episode on movies that have some sort of connection to Christmas? Yes. So this is a, some might disagree with our qualifications as to what is a Christmas movie. My, our buddy Diallo specifically, I can mm. think of, would argue uh, against many of the movies that you or I may bring up. Oh, interesting. Uh, however, when coming up with this list, uh, Dustin and I kind of decided that it, the movies that we're going to cover today have some sort of link to Christmas. It might just be Christmas decorations. It might just take place during Christmas. But for me, that qualifies as a Christmas movie for me personally. Right. Um, I guess we should uh, explain that similar to the martial arts episode, I don't know what your movies are. Oh, yes. You don't know what my movies are. I barely know what my movies are, to be honest, because I, um, I was trying not to do a lot of research about this. I wanted to see what, you know, my own, my own knowledge, if I could just pull out, you know, um, five movies that I thought were like, oh, this is an 80s, you know, 80s, 80s, whatever, early 90s. Maybe you did early 90s. I don't know. I don't think I touched on early 90s. No, I did not. This is all 80s. Um, The only thing I did was verify that they were indeed certain 80s aspects. But yeah, these are movies that I, that I, some of them I love and some of them it's 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 more specific meaning. I kind of figured yeah. that. I have a feeling uh, yeah. of what the number one or two might be. <laughs> but I was thinking also, too, that when we, upon doing a little bit of research, uh, I had forgotten that a couple of these movies that we're going to talk about took place during the Christmas season. So, like I said, for oh, me, right, right. this qualify if it qualify if it if that's <coughs> the link to qualify it as a Christmas movie, then this is one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time. I love it. I <laughs> so love people it. might be like, mm, "That is not a Christmas movie." Yeah, well, you know what? Your face is not a Christmas yeah. movie. So, my uh, friend, would you like to go first? Uh, I went first last time. You go first. Oh, really? Okay. So, um, coming in and at number five as one of my favorite Christmas movies of all the times. Uh, it is the epically hilarious 1983 comedy, Trading Places. Oh, awesome. Dan Aykroyd. This man is physically threatening me. And Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Billy Ray Valentine, Capricorn. Are Trading Places. Find out. I'm, I'm going to get to the bottom. This is about a great, great mistake. It looks just like the dude that had me busted. Coming this summer... To a theater or drive-in near you. Fun fact for those who don't know, there is a lot of nods to Christmas in this movie. It takes place in December. <laughs> There's uh, there you go. Dan Aykroyd dressing up as a drunk Santa. Well, they really like. Um, if I remember, they really kind of like rub it in that like everything is going not uh, Dan Aykroyd's way. Yes. And it's like, you know, it's like the holiday season, so it's even worse. Yes. You know, it's like, you're out on your ass. Uh, oh, what the fuck? What's his character's name? Oh, gosh. Lewis. Yeah, Lewis. You're, you're out on your ass, Lewis. <laughs> um, yeah. Looking good, Lewis. I love, you know, it's Looking funny. good, Billy Ray. <laughs> yeah. This movie is... is Feeling good, Lewis. <laughs> Sorry. It's so, there's so many... Uh, moments that poke fun at just rich white people. Yes. I think it's actually really relevant today yes. because of all the bullshit that's going on. Uh, it's got, you know, for a nod to uh, uh, my other podcast, Podcasting After Dark, it's got great nudity with Jamie Lee Curtis in it. And mm, I remember as a mm. kid seeing that for the first time going, whoa, what's this? Yeah. <laughs> That was the exact reaction. Whoa! <laughs> but um, but wow. I think it's... I love this movie. It's Dan Aykroyd at his best, in my opinion. And yeah. Eddie Murphy, before he jumped the golden child shark. Yeah. Um, it was right before or right after Beverly Hills Cop. One or the other, probably right before. 
Right. Who could who could say when it was filmed? Right, because it's like because Beverly Hills Cop came out in eighty four. Yes, and this came out in eighty three. Do you remember who directed it? By the way, Uh, I don't. I don't. John Landis. Okay, should have known that. John Landis is an eclectic guy. He's done a lot of great stuff. So that's so that's my number five. Yep, that's a great number five. Thanks. Okay, so my number five is a movie that. I enjoy because it's effing terrible. Um, I have not seen it a ton. When I did see it, there was a scene in which that resonated with me for my entire life and still continues to resonate with Whoa. me. Okay. That um, qualifies as a, as a, qual- as a good movie. Yes. Uh, and this is a movie from 1988. It is a very Brady Christmas. What a happy surprise! So, Sam walked out without saying goodbye. No, Mrs. Brady. My husband left me a note written on paper from his butcher shop. Dear Alice, I lied to you. I wasn't working nights plucking chickens. I met a younger woman. At first, we just traded meatloaf recipes. Then one night, she asked me over to season her rump roast. What? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wow. Whether or not you are a Brady Bunch fan, this movie, you know, all the Brady kids are grown up. They're all married. Oh. Some of them are going through troubles. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of conflict, a lot yeah. of obstacles. And Mike Brady is going to take Carol Brady oh, on a vacation for Christmas. She's also going to take him on a vacation. And like she, like he wants to go to Japan and she wants to go to Greece or it's something like that. It's really not relevant. But the point is they can't decide. So they're, they're going to fly. They're like, wait, let's just have all the family come see us for Christmas. Of course. And... Um, Let's not go someplace fun. Let's just invite. Let's all just our... invite all the all the kids. And you know, there, there's a lot of a lot of plot twists. Um, Mike ends up in like a rundown building that's about to collapse. And you know, it's <laughs> I won't spoil it in case you want to watch it, or maybe it is a, a movie that somebody out there does watch every Christmas. I don't know. But the scene that resonated with me the most is uh, Marsha is married to a guy named Wally, and Wally. Uh, has this big reveal at the end, which is something to the effect of, um, listen, everybody, you know, in the spirit of Christmas, like, I used to have a job. I said I didn't have a job. Now I have a great job, but I lied. And uh, anyway, everything's great. And I'm sorry. And Marsha turns to him and says, Don't be sorry. Just be Wally. Here, here. (laughs) Don't be sorry. Just be Wally. (laughs) And so for years, I would just say that to somebody when they said, I'm sorry. And uh, nobody knew what the fuck I was talking about. Nobody, nobody saw this. They didn't punch you in the face at that um, point? <laughs> no. But what's great, you know, and then, and then everybody's like, yeah. Jerry Hauser of Summer of 42 fame. Yeah. Jerry Hauser. We were at the same agency. You guys had some interactions. Yeah. He's really, really sweet guy. Slapshot. Aladdin. Yeah. Jerry Hauser's been in a lot of stuff, but but anyways, this movie. Wow, this sounds like it's his best performance. I have a feeling I did watch this once. <laughs> it was like a nighttime, you know. Oh, coming to ABC yeah. or NBC, whatever. Yeah. You know. Ooh, this great special. Um, yep. Yeah, it looks terrible, like in in a good way. Yeah, it's 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 horrible. <laughs> Does it have canned laughter as well, or is it just played you know straight? It's a great question. I think it's just played straight. Yeah. With a lot of musical interludes. Yeah. Knowing that you chose that as your number five is going to make my number one, (laughs) my number one, maybe number two. I might, this might just say your number one now. (laughs) It's going to make it a lot more palatable. Oh my goodness. This is exciting. Um, You ready for my number four? I, uh, (laughs) I'm ready for your number. My number four kind of came out of nowhere. Initially, uh, but then when I realized what 
that it was in fact a Christmas movie, I said, whoa, this has got to be on my list. Yeah. Because, and it'll make total sense to you once I say it. Yeah. Um, but this movie to me is uh, quintessential in the, uh, in my childhood. Yeah. Uh, I, oh. It was the first movie I ever snuck in the movie theater to see. Okay, okay. I, it was between that, I got tickets to Summer Rental with John Candy, uh-huh, and uh-huh, I snuck in uh-huh. to see this movie because I wanted to see it so bad. Okay. And then I realized it takes place at Christmas, and it is, it's a canon movie, and for those people that don't know what canon films are, canon product, produced films are usually extremely violent or um, excessive nudity, or like, it's always extreme. So this 1985 Christmas classic is Invasion USA. Oh, nice. Merry Christmas! Can I put the star up this year? Time for dinner! No one thought it could ever happen here. They are an army of international terrorists. America has not been invaded by a foreign enemy in nearly 200 years. Their target, America. Their objective, control. 18 hours from now, America will be a different place. Now, only one thing stands in their way. It's time to die. Invasion USA. So you didn't see Summer Rental? I did not go see Summer yeah. Rental. I went and snuck in with my buddy to see Invasion USA. Because Invasion USA was R? Yes. And, and I was, and I was nine was at the time. Summer Rental might have been just PG. PG. Yeah. And I remember sneaking into that. And from the trailer we just played, oh, you'll good. know, uh, you know, Chuck Norris utters the line, time to die. You know, but in the, if yeah. you watch yeah. from the trailer, you hear it. It takes place at Christmas. Time to die, Santa. Because <laughs> these terrorists, you know, come into town yeah. from Miami. <laughs> right. And so it takes place in Miami. So it's the summer. It looks like the summertime there because it's always sunny in Miami. And um, and and there's a lot of Christmas decorations. A lot of people getting massacred on Christmas yeah. from the terrorist threat. Uh, Chuck Norris battles terrorism. And Richard Lynch, who is one of the best villains Best looking villains. Yeah, yeah. The guy um, had a horrible accident on the set of a movie called God Told Me To. Oh. Back in the early 80s. Directed with the trivia. Yes. Directed by Larry Cohen, who did The Stuff. And I'm not looking any of this up, by by the way. No, no, you're not. No, you're not. It's all cool. I'm looking up just so I'm following along with you. (laughs) So Richard Lynch plays the main villain in the movie, and he looks horrible because... um, on set for God told me to, he right, got right. set on fire, and so his face is all burned up. That's horrible. Um, it's, it is horrible. Uh, he doesn't like to talk. Didn't like. He's passed away recently. But he, he doesn't like to talk about. It. You tried. I did. I was at a Fangoria convention back in the day, oh and my. I said, you know, they're like taking <laughs> questions from the audience, uh, and and the moderator's That's like, crazy. how about you over there? And I go, yeah. Um, would. Can you talk about when you got burned for God told me to? And he goes, I'm not talking about that. Damn it. And that was, I felt like a total tool. Uh And then the guy next to me is like, I always wanted to ask him that question, but I was so nervous because I thought he'd get pissed off. Well, he got pissed off at me. And I came up to get his autograph. (laughs) I came up to get his autograph later. I'm like, can I sign this? And he didn't give you one? Yeah. He He didn't probably know who you were. No, he didn't probably even care at that point. But it was obviously a sore spot. Right. uh, A third degree spot. And (laughs) uh, I'm sorry. And so, so, but yeah, that's my number four, Invasion USA. I'm not talking about that, goddammit. Because those of you that know me very well know that Chuck Norris, old Chuck Norris, not new Chuck Norris. No offense, Richard. Norton. The old all. Chuck Norris. The good old Not Chuck Norris. Not the new Chuck Norris, just, but the old zoo. The, the old... old <laughs> right? I, not the new zoo, but the old zoo. Yeah, the one where we caged up the animals and held them against their will. Uh, well, Police Academy 2 reference for you there. Oh, yes, we're, that's right. We're Mahoney's, oh, yeah. under, Mahoney's undercover. Ooh, yeah. And, nice. the, you know, and uh, Bobcat Goldthwait is saying, uh, yeah, like, here's our hideout or something. Where, where is this, you know? It's the old zoo. Oh, the old zoo. And he's t- talking into his mic. He's yeah, that's right. Trying to get them to. shitty undercover mic. Yeah. <laughs> Not the new zoo, but the old zoo. 
Yeah. Young, anyway. Old Chuck versus New Chuck. Right. Old Chuck, right. just make some movies. Don't right. talk about politics. Right. Do what you do best. Right. Um, I agree. <laughs> uh, great number four. I love Thank that. you. I appreciate it. I love that. Okay. My number four is a movie that was very special to me as a child. Um, haven't seen it in quite some time, but it always is just a special place in my heart because I did watch it every year. Um, 1983's, I've already forgotten the name of it officially. The official <laughs> title is, oh, it's, oh, it's, it's just Mickey's Christmas Carol. Oh. Mickey's Christmas Carol. It's, <laughs> it, it's the Disney characters, uh, doing a little, uh, Charles Dickens, the, the old, the old tale, a little, little Scrooge McDuck is yep. Ebenezer. Yep. Um. Oof. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's, is that, are you saying, ooh, because you've never seen it? No, I'm just saying. Because that's just. I've seen it. I'm, I'm surprised it's your number four. Yeah, it's, well, because I, I mean, it was, it was something where I taped it on VHS and I would forget that I would have it on VHS and then I would see it and I'd be like, oh, yes. Because also like after, after that would air, uh, there was a, a little um, amazing little short called Donald's Snow Fight. It's an animated short film featuring Donald Duck in a Civil War-esque snowball fight with his nephews. Oh, Civil War. It's also so- known as Snowball Wars. But it aired on April 10th, 1942. And it is so good. Um, and I thought it was the coolest like snowball fight. And so, that, so those are actually connected. It makes total sense. It, takes, it makes to- um, talks modal. It makes yeah. total sense. Uh, yeah. So that is why that is my number four. It's very nostalgic, and how the hell did that guy ever do that voice? The Donald Duck voice? Yeah, it's so hard to do that. Uh, and like, Yeah, I don't even attempt it. It's amazing. Really. No, and yeah. neither do I. I'll do the occasional, like, yeah. and that's about yeah. it. That's it. Like, how is he? That, and, well, yeah. I'll connect it with the, my number three, but um, I'm always blown away by voice actors who can do this thing. With their voice, like yeah. totally manipulated, not yeah. in just a way like, oh, I'm doing my old man voice, I'm doing my little kid voice, right. but in a way where you're manipulating it so much, it's it's yeah. it's so original, yeah, unique. This and, is connected to your number three. Yeah. Okay. It is okay. Because okay. should I just jump into that? I thought you were. I wasn't sure if you were jumped in. That's oh, I, I was... just want to give you ample time to discuss Mickey's Christmas Carol. Oh no, I'm uh, good. <laughs> well, my I feel like I've let you down with that one. No, like, I'm. So... I mean, that's your number four, like. <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> but keep in mind, too, I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't like looking for any refreshers. No, too. but like, in, I was just like, this is just me. In your lens. Top of my head. Totally. And, I, and I, I honor and respect that. And I feel like your lens is very sweet and saturated so far, uh, saccharine. Uh, I, I appreciate it. So, so far, I'm like, oh, yeah. this is something you want to just sit on the couch yeah. with the whole family. Right. Some of my picks are movies you'd want to sit on the couch with your crazy uncle. Yeah. Um, and that's about right. it. Right. But uh, yeah, my number three connects to that because uh, there was a voice of a character on the show that they... Turned, later turned this into a Christmas special, uh, Merman, who was such an interesting voice by Alan Oppenheimer. Yeah. I'm like, how the hell did he do that yeah. voice like sounding like he's underwater all yeah. the time? It's so cool. So my number three is the 1985 He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special. Wow. Love and caring, peaceful bliss. That's great. Yeah. I watch that every year. And so perfect for you. It is. Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Can I watch it with you this year? Please. Yes. I would hope you will. I would love to. Uh, I kind of try to indoctrinate everyone into it at some point. And Kristen, for those of you that don't know, my wife, she rolls her eyes every time like, oh God, here we go. Because it has no no connection. You don't respect my loves and my passions again. Of He-Man. So the the basic plot line is these. So Orko, uh, I watched it so many times. Man-at-Arms and Prince Adam are creating a new kind of spaceship to battle Skeletor. Orko gets in it, accidentally takes off, uh, breaks the controller, and he's flying into space. He... Fly, uh, goes through like a time portal and goes into it's classic Earth. orco lands on Earth, yeah. crashes on the ground. Two kids get in the ship. Two kids are lost. He's like, "Oh, I'll bring you back to my planet where we can help you get back to your house." <laughs> goes back to the uh, Eternia with these two kids. At the same time, um, Hordak and Skeletor from He Man and Shira, uh, with the assistance of Horde Prime, their yeah. evil like boss, want to take over 
Eternia again and eliminate Christmas, and which of, right, of right. which Eternia doesn't know about it yet. Christmas, it's a, a it's a it's an Earth thing. So uh, he's there to capture the kids, and He-Man and She-Ra have to battle all the typical bad guys, mm-hmm. uh, along with a few new ones. And there is a Christmas song that was written just for this episode. Uh, it's yeah. cheesy as hell, but it's it's got all the it checks all the boxes. So for this is that. what you said episode. Is this like just like a half hour? This is a well, it ended up being an hour long Christmas episode oh, okay. that they aired on at night. Okay, and it's got everybody you want in it, and it's got He Man and She-Ra, and as cheesy as it is, like yeah. you know, with um, very Brady Christmas, it's got because you can't say that. The Mickey Christmas Carol's cheesy. It's, it's not. It's actually really good. No, right. It's really good. Uh, right. This is cheesy, but I love it just because it's like one of those you want to cuddle on the couch with your your favorite blankie. Yeah. And your warm glass, your your bowl of cereal, and you watch it in the morning at night, and uh, it's good stuff. Okay. Well, I look forward to watching it. You will. I will make you watch tonight. It. <laughs> uh, that's great. <laughs> I, I'm honestly, I'm surprised I haven't heard of that. I feel a little ashamed. It's it's one. There were so many Christmas specials, right? So many Christmas specials. Flintstones, Jetsons, yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever, everything. Right. They, they even did like a GI Joe. Up. Yeah. There's a Rambo cartoon. Right. Uh, Christmas, Christmas episode. But this one is this one holds up too. in my opinion, just because it's got no major. Oh, and then the, the the overall theme is just be kind to each other. And it's got one of the best Skeletor lines ever, and we're going to play it right now. It was nice of you to save Relay, Mr. Skeletor. I am not nice. Oh, stop that. Do you want me to hold him? Uh, no. Uh, no. No, we'll go faster if uh, if I carry him. But uh, tell me more about this uh, this Christmas. Well, it's a wonderful time of the year. Everyone has lots of fun. You mean they get in fights? No, no, they have fun. Fights are fun. I like fights. And you give each other presents. And when you open them, they explode, right? No, they're nice gifts. Nice? Doesn't sound like much fun to me. Awesome. (laughs) I am not nice. (laughs) Then we get presents on Christmas. Do they explode? Do you get into fights? And I Al- like fights. And Alan Oppenheimer, Alan Oppenheimer. Doing, doing that voice as God, well. Yeah, that guy did so many yeah. voices from that show. Yeah. Those filmation cartoons are just epic to yeah. me. Uh, as we talked about with Zach Ward, which you'll hear in the next installment, he talked, you know, the Cosby, uh, Fat Albert was a filmation cartoon. Yeah. Bill Cosby's Fat Albert. And that was a great cartoon. Had drug dealers on it. Kidnappings. Yeah. He-Man had drug dealers on it. Yeah, yeah. It was all these moral messages. Oh, you know, um, there's an episode where yeah, there's mm. some great episodes. Okay, dark. Anyways, awesome. What's your number three? Okay, my number three. Is it animated or a television show? Uh, no, it's it's not animated and it's not. Because um, we're getting the juice now. We're getting to the juice here. I'm having a realization that this is not actually a Christmas movie. So I've mixed up holidays. Is it a Thanksgiving movie? Yes. It better not be Home for the Holidays. No, it's not Home for the Holidays. Um, let's just say my number three is a Christmas story. And then we'll just... <laughs> Wait, what were you originally going to say? Even though, you know... Because, I, I mean, if I was going to put... It would be probably my number three. It would be a Christmas story. Is it Dutch? With... No, it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said Dutch. I saw that shit in the theater. Your water looked tasty. That's the line I remember. <laughs> yeah, dude. I love that movie. I actually really like that movie. If you haven't seen it, that's a great oh Thanksgiving film. Ed O'Neill and uh, Ethan Embry. Yeah. Maybe before he changed his last name or I don't know. No, he's still Ethan Embry. Yeah. He was on... Uh, he had a different last name. He's so. on... Oh, uh, shit. Uh, well, he's on... Um, the one... Sneaky Pete. That's what I was going to say. He's on Sneaky Pete. Yes. 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 It's great on it. Yeah. I forgot that he was in Dutch. Yeah. Dutch yeah. Dooley. Yeah. Chris Columbus directed or produced. He produced it. I love that movie. Um, Joe Beth Williams, I think, is yeah. Dutch is good and amazing. Uh, I was originally going to say 1987's um, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. During holiday travel, some people get delirious. 
some get delayed, and some get <laughs> Del Griffin. American Light and Fixture, Director of Sales, Shower Curtain Ring Division. Neil Page got all three. I was on my way home to spend a nice holiday with my family. Instead, I'm in a motel bed with a stranger. Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. In a new film by John Hughes. Planes, trains, and automobiles. See that Bears game last week? Yeah, hell of a game, hell of a game. I could see why you would get confused about that, though. But it's just home for Thanksgiving. Yes. Uh, so I guess we can kind of talk about it, but... You know what? I... Yeah, it was more me, uh, yeah, thinking, uh, oh, you know, rushing home for the holidays and that feel of like, the stress and the craziness and you just want to get somewhere. Um, I will take that movie yeah. over any day. I will take that movie over a lot of other Christmas-themed films Yeah, as a Christmas movie. Yeah, so we can pretend that uh, John Candy and Steve Martin are going home for Christmas, but they're not. But they're not. You know, you want to hear uh, an awful fun fact? Uh, yeah, I get, yeah, sure. I've never seen that movie from beginning to end. Oh. Um, I feel like there's a lot of movies like that for, for me. Yeah. Where I've only seen one part or something. Or like I just see the same part again yeah. and again and again. The Between Two Pillows and... The, the, yeah, and those aren't and, pillows. Yeah. yeah. But I think that was during my time of rebellion. I didn't want to watch the mainstream movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, everybody thinks it's good, so I don't want to watch it. Yeah. Kind of thing. I'm like, why not? If, you, if it's good, it's good. Just watch it. Maybe you'll find out that it's enjoyable. Maybe you right. won't like it. I feel like um, there's a, a certain thing that happens when somebody rebels against a mainstream movie like that, where by the time they do finally watch it, they're so conditioned to hate it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like Titanic is that way, mm-hmm. where like, honestly, like I've seen Titanic a lot. Um, it's not an awesome movie, but when I saw it the first time, I was like, wow, more for like, you know, just reliving like this, that this happened to human beings and this is fucked up. And, um, but there were so many people that was like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, James Cameron, I'm not watching Titanic. And then like, you know, they watch it like a year later and like, it was stupid. And you're like, well, yeah, kind of now it is stupid. But like, you know, if you had seen it. Yeah. I don't know, you know. In just, in the seeing Avatar for the first time, I was Avatar, like, "Wow, this example. is amazing!" Great example. Oh, this is so good. And I watched it recently, and I'm yeah. like, eh, "Special yeah. effects it's, aren't as good, but for its time." Yeah, and it's still it's it's very formulaic and, yeah. and cliched. It's that you know. We talked a little bit about this know. with Zach Ward, I think. Why Christmas Story holds up so well? Yeah, because it's so timeless. Yeah, and it's funny. It's a period piece movie. Yeah, but you know, contextually, like, oh, Citizen Kane at the time was groundbreaking. I get it. Yeah. Watching it now. Is it good? Yeah. What is, is it something I can put in my top 100? No. Just because it's... Right. Just, that's not for me. There's just a lot of movies that are like considered amazing movies. And then like a lot of times it's like just the ending is great. You know, like Usual Suspects comes to mind. Yeah. Dances with Wolves. Dances with Wolves is a great example. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like you got to... You, you put in the time and then... Uh, I don't know. Like like you, you look at the rewatchable scale, you know, like a movie that yeah. like... That's kind of what I look at. Like, you, you take a movie, if it was on right now, would you sit down and watch it? You know? Yes. And if, Would you rewatch Forrest Gump? Yeah, no, not right now. No. No. But, but no. our qualification for what makes these yeah. enjoyable movies to us is, yeah. Yeah, and people hate Forrest Gump. Like, people hate that movie. Yeah. And I'm just like, eh, I mean. And I don't understand why yeah. they hate it. I understand, I again, to this day, I will argue up and down that it did not deserve the recognition it got. Yeah. It did not deserve. I feel like Shawshank deserved more. Yes, movies were battling each other. Yes, I will watch Shawshank any day it comes on. Yeah, when I think of movie, I think uh, when Shakespeare in Love won Best Picture in whatever year that was, that was the first time when I realized awards were fucking stupid because I was like, (laughs) oh, it's just Miramax put in like so much more money than anybody else. Yeah. You know, like you just realize it's all like this just weird subjective thing where nothing really matters. And yeah, like what we always talk about. It was Shakespeare in Love for you? That was the, when that one best picture, I was like, this nothing, this isn't real. Like this isn't, you know. Yeah, I could see that. that. I did not, that movie did nothing for me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I ditto. Yeah. I remember seeing it because I was on a date and I was like, yeah. ooh. And I felt the same way yeah. about like when Good Will Hunting, and I've got nothing bad to say yeah. about Good Will Hunting, but uh, 
Boogie Nights and Sling Blade were both up for Oscars during yeah. that time. I think Pulp Fiction was up for an Oscar during Forrest Gump and um, Shawshank. I could be yeah. wrong. I think, but I think they came out around the same time. Well, oh Maybe, yeah, I think. But I, but yeah. then again, I was like, well, that's the bar. That's the bar right there. That's where you set it with those movies, right? And, and I they didn't win. You're like, oh no. I I know what you're saying. I mean, Google Hunting, I I really enjoy, but it also it comes from the story about the creating of you know. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, like, yes. quote, wrote it and, you know, or yes. whatever. But, you know. Which I appreciate. This is, this is like a whole other rabbit hole in a way because, like, <laughs> you know, now it's making me think of Juno. Where, like, is yeah. Juno the best movie in the world? No. no. Juno, like, the, the writing in Juno, it's like, no one talks that way. Yeah. And, but I was like, of course yeah. this is going to win best screenplay because Diablo Cody was a stripper. Yeah. And that's a cool story. Yeah. She yeah. was like, you know, so like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, let's go for this. But is it the best movie? No. No. So, uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bah, humbug. Yeah. You've got... Oh, oh, my fake beard. Thank you. Yes. What is that? Fuzz. Fuzz. Um, <laughs> thank you. Your number three? Uh, well, no. So that was, that was yeah. So that was my number three. So, so now... So now it's your number two. So, oh, my no. Oh, wow. So we're yeah. getting down to the nitty gritty dirt we, band. We are. The so dirt band. this is tr- tricky because, uh, I, you know, these kind of could equally tie. Yeah. But I'm going to go with, and I have a feeling you will too. Yeah. Uh, this might be borrowing off of you. And I tried and I was like, ooh, I purposely left one off the list knowing that you were definitely going to put it on. Okay. But oh, I'm goodness. putting on uh, oh, A Christmas Story as my number two. Uh, almost like it would be my number one with a whole family. Yeah. Number two all time personally, though. Number two personally of all time. It's, it's a Christmas story. It's a Christmas story. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Okay, so, right. I Here's here's what's interesting. I thought, so a Christmas story probably would be my number three, but I thought we could, the way you the way you kind of introduced this whole thing yeah. was was as if we're not talking about a Christmas story. Oh, okay. That That's, so as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, so that won't be on your list. I can take it off because I have a backup. I have a backup. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? Because you were like, no, Dustin and I are doing this because we, like a Christmas story, like that's a given. Like that's what, that's what I took away from how it started. Oh, I'm sorry. So it really seemed like, yeah. I, I, no, but like, yeah, of course it's on my top five. It's, I mean, yeah. like it's a given that that's going to be in our top five yeah. of all the times. Yeah. And in in, so I guess I would say it is, it would be my number two. Just in the scale. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. What? So, what was your? What's your backup? My backup was Lethal Weapon. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> because yes, 1987's a Lethal Weapon, and not to yeah. be confused with anything else other than that. And it's got from beginning to it's got Christmas throughout. It's yeah. Got, it opens with a Christmas song, Burl Ives, the Holy Jolly Christmas, and Mr. Joshua. And it's got yep. so many great characters. It's got the dude from that I re-referenced in a martial arts episode from Rapid Fire. Yep. Um, the you know the yeah. And so it's got so many. It's got it was the mother of all buddy cop movies. I mean, it, it really set the, the a new precedent for what a buddy cop movie yeah. was. And the fact that it was written by like a an eighteen year old Shane Black, I think, is oh, remarkable. I mean, yeah, just like yeah. The, the screenplay for that, if you've ever get a chance to look at it, like the writing is really amazing because it has... He like, was only 18 at the time? Or he was he was young? He was young. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, because Predator came yeah. out the same year or it came out in 88. Came out around the yeah, same time. Yeah, it's like very self-deprecating towards himself. Okay. As a, a, you know, there's a lot of like one-liners of like, you know, we're going we're gonna, uh, oh, I'm gonna, to, I'm going to fuck it up, but it's like, you know, he's writing things like... Um, not unlike, very unlike a fat writer like myself. You know, he's just like little comments like that, um, which are great. Poor Shane Black, because yeah. he, kind of, the guy was so damn talented and he did, did so many great movies. And I just feel like he, I always use the John Carpenter scenario where these guys were at the top of their game. Yeah. And then they just lost their way for whatever reason. You know, we may or may not ever know. Shane Black? Shane Black. Oh, yeah. The well, last movie he did was The Predator. It was. Dog crap. No, but he's directed all the Iron Mans and stuff. He did, uh, and then so did John Favreau. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying he, like he's doing. But well his for own himself. personal, he's doing well for himself. Yeah. But I just feel like his quality has gone mm, downhill. Mm. I feel like the last movie he did. Well, I really like the Nice Guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah, that was good. But I feel like the Predator 
And did which, he do uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? He did Kiss Kiss Bang which Bang, was, which is which was interesting. Which is, yeah, interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's that great, in yeah. my opinion. I feel like it gets. It's one it's of those kinda, like, kinda ooh, yeah. you gotta like it because it's so cool. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't have to like anything. <laughs> don't make me do. Oh, you. you know, you know my yeah. father. Yeah. Um, right. Right. Yeah. So number two would be Lethal Weapon then. So okay. What's your number two? Who does number uh, two work for? My number two. This is My number two is. Um, oh yes, of course. Uh, 1988. Uh, Die Hard. That was my number John, one. John McClane. Yep. It's Christmas Eve in L.A. California. Well, we'll see what Santa and Mommy can do, okay? A New York cop, John McLean, has come to see his wife. Instead, he's going to have to save her. Within this skyscraper high above the city, 12 terrorists have declared war. I'm telling you, you're just going to have to kill me. Okay. Well, I got some bad news for you. From up here, that looks like you're in charge of check. He's an easy guy to like. Come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. And a hard man to kill. Bruce Willis. Die Hard. Got invited to the Christmas party by mistake. Who knew? Yep. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um... I mean, what's we, not to love yeah, about go, do it, do that it. movie? I think Die Hard. We'll just t- we'll go back and forth on this because that's my number one. Die Hard is one of the first um, action movies in my mind where the hero of the story is experiencing things that he's like never experienced, and he's also he's like you know like we love like Chuck Norris and like all those action movies, right? But there's rarely a point in those movies where like Stallone and everybody is just like, oh shit, I'm going to die. Like, you know what I mean? They're just like, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to fucking, you know, shoot a rocket up this guy's ass. Like he's going to try this. I'm going to do this. (laughs) You know, the hero is just like, yeah, nothing phases him. And John McClane is like thrown into this situation where he's just, you know, he's out, come to the coast, have a few laughs. You know, he's just, he's just out, uh, for Christmas. He's an everyman. Yeah, he's an everyman, and he's experiencing things the way that we would. Yep. Um, albeit with, you know, New York City cop training, but like... Yeah, he's still a badass. There's um, nothing... There's, yeah. There's no, no he's, he that. knows, you know, how, how to behave. Yeah. But, yeah, like, you you know, he's he's barefoot for the entire movie, and you're like, whoa, he's running through glass, and like... Oh, that scene. You know, he's going through it. That scene is... I, I can still watch that now and get chills. Yeah. Because it's it's so visceral. Yeah. And, like, just feels so... You're so connected to his pain. Yeah. Because, yeah, uh, perfect example, Jesse Ventura in, in Predator when, uh, you know, the Shane Black says, you're bleeding, man. And he's like, I ain't got time to bleed because they're such badasses. Yes. Yeah. Right. And this, it's like, no, he's picking glass out of his feet if... if yeah. Kristen's listening to this right now. She's probably going yeah. with the blood and, and he's wrapping his feet up with bandages and Has Kristen ever seen this movie, by the way? I don't think Kristen has ever seen this. Alexander Gudinoff, the ballet trained yeah. villain. Yep. Is, is is so good. He's amazing. And I think I was a kid, I thought he was so cool. Like the his fight scene with Bruce Willis with his kicks. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that actually inspired me to want to dance when I was a kid. Oh wow! Watching him in Die Hard, wow. believe it or not, not in white, not, uh, not Mikhail Baryshnikov wow. and Gregory Hines and White Knights. Yeah. Um, you know, Bonnie Bedelia, who I thought was hot back then, she's so hot. William Atherton, the, the one of the greatest villains, real genius, real genius, himself. right? Hart Bachner, yeah. Who, for those of you that don't know, uh, he he's he's a pretty acclaimed director. Outside of the fact that he directed PCU, which was one of my favorite uh, college movies. We'll have to do an episode on that. PCU is so underrated. So underrated, dude. Um, It's got Paul Gleason, who is the principal from Breakfast Club. What a great... Like, this cast, Reginald Vell Johnson, obviously people always talk about, and Alan Rickman people always talk about. But the supporting cast, Hart Bachner was a great asshole in the wildlife which is the sequel to fast times at ridgemont high mm-hmm. um as a do- as a mm-hmm. police officer uh i mean going up and down yeah. you know it's got a guy in there who looks like huey lewis as one of the villains i so, know exactly what you're talking so, about yeah al leon yeah. the, so from lethal yeah. weapon yeah. but also yeah. rapid fire fame yeah. 
<laughs> Ali Ali's everywhere. But yeah, the guy who looked like there's I'm like, holy, holy yeah. shit, uh, it's Huey Lewis. Yeah, <laughs> I totally thought that. And how often did yeah. you want to listen to Beethoven's Fifth? After right. That? Yeah. She's an amazing movie. Is that our song for this episode? Uh, Beethoven's Fifth? Right. <laughs> <laughs> the 1988 Beethoven's Fifth. Because so far, let's say, out of all the movies we've talked about, uh, you yeah. know, we uh, the, 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 the terrible He-Man song, um, I can't think of un- any, no. anything that's that trumps. Like, it's got to be Beethoven's Fifth. Right. That, But this is your number two. It's not your number one. I have a feeling your number one is going to be something we'll go deeper into. Um, well. Potentially. We can do it right now if Let's you want. Let's just do this. If you want. All right. I almost so want to guess. My number uh, one movie. Of all time. Of all time. My number one Christmas movie. Yes. Is a movie that um, everybody knows and everybody loves. <laughs> 1984 Gremlins. Oh, shit. Gremlins Sheep. is. One of the movies where... Of course. Um, of course. I mean, I don't know. I'm like getting flustered. This is what happens. I got flustered with my first... With my with my martial arts number one as well. <laughs> um, speaking about Chris Columbus earlier. Yeah. Chris Columbus wrote this movie. He did? Yes. This movie was supposed to be like super, super dark. And ultimately, it kind of like walks the line between like campy horror puppetry that's you know freaky yeah and um you know and like and it's funny it's like Mm -hmm. there's 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 comedy oh a lot of Um, phoebe cates in this movie has one of the darkest but most amazing monologues about christmas that i've ever heard (laughs) and it was like amazing to know that chris columbus wrote this you know the guy who Directed Home Alone and uh, Adventures in Babysitting. Right. Come on. Um, and yeah. And like, so I may, maybe I'll just play a sample of the monologue. Please right do. Right now. Yeah. It was Christmas Eve. I was nine years old. Me and mom were, were decorating the tree. Waiting for dad to come home from work. A couple hours went by. Dad wasn't home. Mom called the office. No answer. Christmas Day came and went, and still nothing. The police began a search. Four or five days went by. Neither one of us could eat or sleep. Everything was falling apart. It was snowing outside. The house was freezing, so I went to try to light up the fire. And that's when I noticed the smell. The firemen came and broke through the chimney top. And me and Mom were expecting them to pull out a dead cat or a bird. And instead, they pulled out my father. He was dressed in a Santa Claus suit. He'd been climbing down the chimney on Christmas Eve. His arms loaded with presents. He was going to surprise us. He slipped and broke his neck. Died instantly. And that's how I found out there was no Santa Claus. Wow. Gremlins, I, I know, like, Gremlins was originally supposed to have, like, you know, just, like, like head decapitations. Oh, wow. And it was supposed to be just, like, dark, dark, dark. Gizmo was actually supposed to, in an original draft, Gizmo was going to become Stripe, the main bad guy. Oh, no, no. And no it was going to be like a, a, a crazy, just dark twist. And of course, you know, Gizmo is the cute, good one. He's always out he's for... He's the hero. He's, yeah, he's out for goodness. Um, yeah, he's cute as shit. He's voiced by Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel... Oh, that's right. Interestingly enough, um, only has one voice that he uses uh, for everything that he... Um, Bobby's World and all Yeah, that. Bobby's, Bobby's World. Bobby is the same voice as Gizmo. Is the same voice as Skeeter from the Muppet Babies. Oh yeah. And I can't do the voice. I'm really just like, Hi, I'm, yeah, I just can't do it. It's, yeah. it's like yeah, you, I can't you, do it either. You, you hold the voice in a certain part Again, of your part of your voice. Great voice actors. Um, it's a great voice. Yeah. But he's like, but it's he's just playing the same wow. character. Um, and he's uh, he has said this himself. Wow. Um, 
But yeah, Gremlins is a movie that... Um, it's got Corey Feldman in it, too. Corey Feldman. Who dies. With a slingshot. Yep. Uh, does he die in this movie? I, I, well, I they don't. don't show him die, but I feel like he's in the lab, right? When the lab starts going it's haywire. It's implied death. He's implied. Yes. He doesn't get shot out a window like that chick in the, the wheelchair. The lady, yeah. She gets great. right. You know, and but it's also like satisfying when that happens because she she's a terrible lady. Yes. Um, I mean, Joe Dante directed it. Yep. Yep. Who, and it's yeah, who did Inner Space, which is one of my favorite films of all Inner time. Inner Space is wonderful, hands down. One of my favorite films. Inner Space is wonderful. Um, but yeah, and there's also just you know a, a lot of um, I love the rules that the Gremlins have. You know, for taking care of a Mogwai, you just you know yep. you learn a lot. Those rules have been. Um, Applied to just every, they get used all the time. Yep. You know, I think for for decades, people would say, "Oh, don't feed, don't eat after midnight." You know yep. what's gonna happen? Yep. Wah, wah, wah. Yep. Something like that. Oh, yep. I, yeah. I remember the sequel's terrible, uh, and I love how fanboys are just like, oh, "They're gonna make another one. Please make another one." Yep. Like, no, just don't. Just just watch this one again no. and again. You can, yeah. I, in my opinion, this is not a movie for like little kids to watch because. Uh, it, it's too intense, yeah. I think, too horrific. Right. But for like teenagers and our generation, yeah. this is perfect. Cause, it's yeah, because even the scary gremlins are kind of like cute, yeah. but then like, oh, he's got a gun, yeah. you know, or like, oh, you know, they're just doing And there is death and things. mauling. Yeah. And I yeah. remember having all the toys when I was a kid. Uh, having a gizmo mm-hmm. and, a, yeah, and a stripe. Same, same and for sure. Setting them up in my room and yeah. being freaked the hell out yeah. because I thought, oh, it's going to turn on yeah. me. Right. It's going to turn. Right. This was an ill-fated idea. Yeah. <laughs> Zach. Uh, oh, what's his name? Zach. Ward? No. Uh, Zach. Um, Gal. Galifianakis? Zach Galligan. Oh, Zach Galligan in the movie Gremlins. Of course, in the movie Gremlins. Got it. I don't really. I always felt like I never really connected with Billy. I just didn't. No. You know, something about his character. Maybe that's why this wouldn't be my number one. Man, I thought you were going to say Better Off Dead, but... Uh, yeah, know. well, the thing about Better Off Dead is that it's not... Which is going to get its own episode, by like, the way. It's like, gotta go, Beth, the Christmas tree's on fire. Like, I love, you know, it's... Yeah, it takes place in that period, but it's not... Yeah. So it's would that, its own thing. Would that be... So that would not be considered an honorable mention? Uh, no, we can certainly honorable mention it. Do you have any honorable mentions? Um... Because I've got the, a few. The, the the biggest honorable mention I have is if you want to watch it, something really fucking terrible uh, is 1996 uh, Santa with muscles, starring Hulk Hogan. It's <laughs> oh yeah, it's horrible. And uh, what's her face from that '70s show? Um, yeah, Mila, 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 Mila Kunis, Kunis is in it. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. like <laughs> I might have sent you a screenshot one time when I was watching. It's so so bad in like an amazing way, but. It's but it's terrible. also so bad where it's confusing. Like, I don't even know that I enjoyed watching it. I was just like, this makes no sense. No, it's bad. It yeah. was also at the, the, this was the jump shark point in Hulk Hogan's career when he just wasn't really relevant anymore. Yeah. It's when he reinvented himself and actually became a bad guy for the, technically not the first time, mm. but official, like first yeah. real big yeah. time he turned heel. Yeah. And um, so that was the last movie he did. It was a direct-to-video. I remember that didn't come out in theaters, um, and yeah, it's, it's dog crap. Why do they call wrestling villains heels? By the way, what's the heel and face? What's the what's the so face is yeah the, um, right. Oh, I, I I think it's something very obvious. The face is like ooh, that's who you like. You want to you think it's cool and yeah. you look at and the heel is like the bottom of your shoe. Oh, okay. You know. Interesting. It's weird. They got all these weird expressions. A rib is when you pull a prank on someone. Shooting is when you uh, go off script and you're being like you're legit fighting somebody in the ring. A work is fake. You know, there's all these yeah. terms that wrestler wrestlers have. That's a whole other story, but yeah. it's fascinating to me. I thought you were gonna call out the other equally crappy 1988 film, Ernest saves christmas oh yeah no i haven't seen that which it's it's bad it's really bad and i i love i think jim varney i love jim varney i think he was like the nice uh flip side to Wee herman i was again i was like "Eh, i'm not watching peewees what's the really good Ernest one Ernest goes to camp Ernest goes to camp is really good i think Ernest scared stupid is really funny Ernest goes to jail is really funny too in in the bad sense, but Ernest goes to camp was his first movie he ever did. Yeah, that's the only one I've seen. And his TV right. show Hey Vern is it really shows yeah. off 
his uh, there's a funny meme of all the faces Jim Varney makes. Yeah, because he's very animated, and the guy was like so animated, just rubbery face. But uh, I mean, I was gonna mention the obvious horror film, Silent Night, Deadly Night is a is a great yep. classic horror yep. film. Black Christmas was really good, which is mm-hmm. directed by Bob Clark, who did A Christmas Story yeah. and Porky's. Yep. Um, apparently, I, I looked up, I did a little bit of research on this for some honorable mentions, and that Funny Farm, the Chevy Chase movie, has some references is to Christmas. Christmas? In it. I always think thought of it taking place in the fall, but maybe it did. Well, it spans a lot of the seasons, and yes. I think maybe when they, you know what it is? When they're selling the house at the very end of the movie, yes, and they are making everything seem awesome because yes. they they hate the town, they yep. hate everybody in it, and they regret it, and they're, so they're trying to sell it, and so they they hire like you know they they basically say to the town like we will pay you money yes. if you help us sell this thing yes, and if you act good, so there's Christmas cal- caroler oh, Christmas right. carolers. Yep. And they're like, you know, cue the deer, uh, cue the deer, you know. They're like, <laughs> yeah. So they're, you know, staging deer that's running right. across, and um, yeah. So I think at the very end, that's that makes sense. Yeah. So it's just like got a little taste. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Which is to me like that's kind of even like Better Off Dead has like a a little taste too, even though it's that whole Christmas scene in it though. You know, like where the with the with the tree and all that. And yeah. 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 No, it does, and like mom's giving him, you know, you know TV dinners, and he's like, it's got corn in it. He oh likes God. corn. Such a great movie. Yeah, such a great movie. Um, so I did not know this about one of the movies that I did some research on. Uh, this is actually kind of a cool thing. Um, the nineteen eighty two action movie First Blood. Yep. Is a Christmas movie, according to. Well, this podcast, there's a podcast called strangersandaliens.com, mm-hmm. a podcast exploring faith and imagination. But this is kind of cool. I didn't pick up on this. They talk about how there's apparently Christmas decorations in the movie, right? There's a Christmas tree mm-hmm. on one of the detect, uh, police officers' tables. But the town is called Hope, uh-huh. and it kind of tells the story of Mary being rejected Mary and Joseph being rejected by the by Hope by the mm. by Bethlehem. Interesting, right? So, so it's a weak connection, but I guess if you go a little deeper, it's uh, par- so he they walk into a town and they're not welcome. It uh, it's a drive home the idea that John Rambo was a man, a savior who was not accepted by his own people. Uh-huh. How about that? I don't know. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and it gets destroyed for Christmas. Yeah, right. I don't know. It's just that they, they even on the website, truth be told, they even like say, well, this might be, you might know, be a stretch. It's, it's a stretch, but I think it's a cool stretch. I think. Yeah. I'm like, okay, Rambo. I like it. Rambo movie being a Christmas movie. I'm down yeah. with that. And then, you know, we've got National Lampoon's Christmas. Apparently, oh, Cobra takes place at Christmas. Ah. Another Stallone movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and Scrooged. I think right. It's a great, you know, Christmas movie. Uh, it's got a great, put a little love in your heart. That's Yeah. I don't love that movie. You don't love it? No. No? I've seen it a lot, but I don't love it. I did see it a lot as well. Yeah. I, I, I would agree with you. I don't love it. I guess I'll take... That's a take back. Yeah. I get one take back per episode. That's my take back. <laughs> <laughs> but if this if this episode doesn't make you want to watch Christmas movies, then... Uh, screw you! Yeah, screw you! And you're back! But this is a nice preview to our fantastic yeah. interview with Zach Ward. Which in which he touches upon Christmas story quite a bit. He does touch upon it. <laughs> he and does. A myriad of other topics. He does. You're gonna wanna listen. Thanks for listening to our Christmas episode. Yes. And happy holidays, all you two dollar late fears. We should come up with a name of people that listen to the show. Two two first? Oh two two, two dollars. Two baggers? I don't know. Two two double fisters. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> You're, uh, by the way, if you don't celebrate Christmas, that's cool too. Oh, oh really? You felt the need <laughs> that we have to save you? <laughs> was it something that we were implying that like it was only cool if you celebrated Christmas? No. I guess happy not. Hanukkah. I said happy holidays. Happy Chris Kwanzaakana. Yeah. All that stuff. All that good stuff. All right, everybody. We love you. Until next time. Stay safe. TTFN. TTFN. It's a good
right. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four... Is it five-star rating? (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really... Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great too. And you can find us on the internet. (laughs) Don't forget to check out our website at $2LateFee.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at $2LateFeePodcast. We'll see you next time. We did it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.